Good evening. So good to come back for part two. This morning, I started talking about what it's like to be spirit-led in the kind of world we're living in today. It's a post-pandemic world, and we are facing times like no other. And I want to continue with an exhortation the Lord put on my heart for everyone here about um, how to proceed from that. And this morning, I shared some testimonies uh, from... Uh, what my life looks like as a minister, and then the scripture that really goes hand in hand with that. So I want to pick up with that theme of being spirit-led in a post-pandemic world by looking at Romans 8 first. So let's take a look at that. I don't know if you've got your swords with you tonight, but I have them. So I'm going to read this out loud to you. And um, I'm starting in Romans 8, and I'm picking up in verses 18 through 22. And this is what it says. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now that's sons and daughters. He's talking about all of us here together that call him Lord. It goes on in verse 20 to say, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans in labors with birth pangs together until now. Now, this passage has always fascinated me because we're in a time where people are saying, you know, where is God? What is happening? How come all these things are going on? But when you look at this passage in particular, as Paul was speaking to the Romans, you know, he was really saying, hey, the earth is waiting for the sons and daughters of the living God to come forth. Well, guess who that is? That's you and me, <laughs> you know? Who in here says you're a son or a daughter of the living God? Would you say that? <laughs> you call him Lord tonight, then that's you and me. And that is really a, a mantle of authority. When you and I walk on planet Earth and we wake up every day and we say, yes, Lord, what would you like? I'm here. I'm ready for service. What would you like? You are walking in that authority of the son or daughter of God. And the world literally is, like it said here, they are waiting for us to walk in our authority. And they're looking for people who believe in the risen Lord. And this is what he put on my heart to share with you all tonight, because a lot of people in your sphere of influence, which is what I was talking about this morning, if every one of us has a sphere of influence, and I believe we do, the person sitting next to you can reach people that the person across the room in front of you or behind you or beside you cannot reach. They are waiting for real men and women of Jesus Christ to come forward and walk in that authority because things are in such chaos. There isn't peace out there. And so we have these opportunities. I want to share some fun stories with you from the COVID times that we are all facing. 
and people that God has brought across my path, but at the same time that I do that, I really want to encourage you right where you are that you are a catalytic converter for bringing revival into wherever we are right now. And revival comes through prayer. It comes through men and women like yourself who believe in the Lord, just being themselves before the Lord in their places of influence. And this passage has kept coming back to me over and over and over throughout the last two years because I was here during the pandemic. I just came back from the States, a six-month stay because my mom was very ill. So I went back home as soon as they opened up the airports here. But I was here with all the other British people going through a pretty intense lockdown time. You'd open up this region, then the other region might close. That nation would open, then another one would stay closed. All of it was so intense for all of us. And I came back from ministering in France, and I think we got off the boat, and we had five days before the whole world shut down. And every church was closed everywhere. And for people like me who go all over the world speaking and teaching and sharing what Jesus is doing— that was a wild thing because every door was shut and suddenly Zoom became the big thing, right? <laughs> you know, there was Zoom church, this and that, and you could maybe go out for a little bit of exercise at first, but you had to be locked up. It was a wild time. And all during that time, the Lord was speaking. You know, the Lord is not a silent God. He's speaking the whole time. And during that time, he was like, okay, Charlene, the assignment looks different. It's changing. It's changing for all the leaders in the church. It's changing for every believer because um, what we really believe came to the forefront in the last two years. Either we really believe what this book says, and I call it the sword. Ever since I was a little girl, I've called this the sword. Why is it the sword? Because it is active and alive. Hebrews 4.12 says everything in this book is active and alive. And because um, I've worked in government for a number of years and I've been a disaster communication specialist for the U.S. government for years in my career, that's why I got some into the White House all the different times that I did. It was all for crisis, this kind of stuff that we're dealing with right now, to advise, to put out things to the public that would not bring fear but bring help to people. And in this time as a believer, I would have to say the word of God never made more sense to me than it does now. Because God knew the news before the BBC, before the news stations in America knew it, before any news organization knew it, what's in this book is actually happening right now. The headlines that you see out there, it's here. God said it first. And yet he's moving in our midst, and the world is constantly asking people like us who really believe in the Lord we serve, where is the Lord? Where is the peace? How come you're so happy? I get that all the time. How can you be happy in a time like this, Shar? Don't you know the sky is falling? You know, what are you eating? What are you drinking? I'm like, Jesus, daily, like I never have before. I've been reading the Bible cover to cover ever since I was 16, every year. Once a year, I read the whole book over and over. I am seeing verses right now that I feel like I never saw before. They're leaping off the page. 
because of the times we're in. I'm like, wow, God, did you say that? Where'd that verse come from? But he's showing that what is happening, that he wrote, it's happening in the earth. And he said, get ready, daughter, because people are going to be asking you because of the passage I just read. He's waiting for the sons and daughters of the living God to come forward. And I said, well, God, you know, I've always read that. I love Romans. It's a wonderful book. There's so much in it. But why do you keep bringing me back to that? He said, because really it's about a mantle of authority. Now, when I say a mantle of authority, I'm talking about um, a position of walking in your inheritance in Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm talking about tonight? When you get an inheritance and a will is read and someone dies, the lawyers come together and they give you what's been bequeathed to you. Now, someone died and rose again for us. His name is Jesus Christ. And this is his will and testament for us. Would you agree? When he died and rose again, he gave us a body of authority and power in him. And the world is waiting for that. Let me talk to you a little bit about power and authority. So recently, um, a military wife called me and she said, hey, I've got a friend that's got a brain tumor. And in my times and in my assignments of working for the Most High God as a minister, um, I'm often called to pray for those that need serious healing. And um, every time I've prayed for someone with inoperable brain tumors, they've been instantly healed. And they've just gone. And we've seen families of atheists get instantly saved because somebody got a CAT scan. I anoint them with oil. I pray for them. I do whatever the Holy Spirit says. And they've been instantly healed. And it's medically documented. And whole families have gotten saved off of one miracle. So this military wife calls and she says, um, can we go pray for my friend? And I said, absolutely. I love praying for the sick. It's so much fun for me to watch God move. Because see, as a son or daughter of God, do you understand what you carry? I started talking about that this morning. What we carry is the power of the risen Lord. It is so powerful. In the Greek, it's called dunamis power. This is where we get the word dynamite from. Dunamis power means that you and I carry the power of a megaton bomb on the inside of us. So when you anoint someone, like it says leaders are meant to in this book, which I call the sword, it's powerful. So I go to the woman's house, and um, I never know what God's going to do um, until I get somewhere. <laughs> and I just hear in my prayers, I hear and then I obey. Whatever he says in that still small first voice that John talks about in Revelations that he heard, it's the same voice I hear. And I'm like, over to you, Daddy. What do you want to do with this military wife? I'm on a military base. One officer's wife drives me to the house. And um, here's this woman with, um, you know, bandages on and a special kind of turban, you know, as I've seen many times before, because I think if I remember correctly, this is probably the fourth person I've prayed for with inoperable brain tumors. And um, I introduced myself. I said, thank you for letting me come to your home today. 
And I always travel with anointing oil because the word of God says we should as leaders. And I said, this is frankincense and myrrh straight from Jerusalem. And is it okay if I anoint your bandages? Is that okay? And she said, yes, please. And I said, okay, I'm going to lightly touch your head and we're going to believe for God to do a miracle. When I uh, laid hands on this woman, the house shook. And the other military wife was with me and she fell on the ground in what I would call like travail kind of uh, tears. I mean, she just hit the ground, was praying, crying, you know, and like the Lord just hit her. And the woman with the, you know, cancer was just amazed. She's like, oh my gosh, it shaked like an earthquake. This part of America does not get earthquakes. And, you know, I just said, wow, okay, Lord, that's you. What's going on here, you know? Um, And he said, I am moving. I am moving. So I was only at that person's house one time, right? And so because I was on a short trip, um, you know, with an assignment God gave me, um, I, you know, just did what God said, and I walked away from that. And I just kind of left it with the Lord and just said, Lord, have your way. And what happened is that person got totally healed, but they didn't know how to get a hold of me. And so they recently called me and they told me what I just shared with you and what happened. And I said, yeah, I remember the house shaking, but I never got to hear the rest of the story. Well, I have now. And that person is healed. And they called and they said to me, we just didn't know how to get a hold of you. And then we ran into that officer's wife and we saw her and we instantly thought of you. And we thought we got to get a hold of that evangelist and let her know what happened. Because I am free and I've got the doctor's proof of that. And I thought, wow, how fun, God, because that's brain tumor number four that's gone. Now, here's the deal. God does not play favorites. If you hear the Lord's voice, and when you hear, Scripture says, obey. Just that four-letter word I love so much, obey. Because he says obedience is better than sacrifice. When you do what he tells you, signs and wonders come and see the lord has put a deposit that seals the deal between you and i with him and it's called the holy spirit that's the third part of the trinity the holy spirit now so many uh places don't want to talk about the holy spirit today now i know this is a church that believes in the power of the holy spirit when we're speaking in hebrew you would call it the ruach hakodesh And I am telling you what, I mean, when you hear him and you obey, that's when the fun stuff starts happening. That's the first time I've prayed for someone who was deathly ill and the whole house shook. And God said, you're feeling my power, daughter. That's my power. He said, you are operating in the authority of the risen Lord. How was that? I said, that is fun, daddy. Let's do it again. (laughs) More please, you know. And so this lady calls me, and she's bouncing off the phone. She goes, we're going to come see you. We're so excited. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she said, can we come play with you? She said, because we'll have more of that. And she said, is this normal? I said, absolutely, it's normal. It's normal. I believe in the power of the word here. In the Gospel of John, he said, 
greater things than these will you do. That's for me, that's for you. That's everyone warming a seat here. I've had three-year-olds walk up to me and they know I'm a teacher of the word. I've had three-year-olds walk up to me and they've said, um, they might call me preacher, they might call me teacher. One little boy named Seth came up to me because the babies understand God, okay? And I love children, and they, they don't even care how old I am. They come up to me all the time, babies, little people, teenagers, whomever. I love kids. And this three-year-old came up to me one day, and I hadn't told anybody. I wasn't feeling so hot that day. The baby operated in his authority, and baby Seth came up to me, and he pulled on my shirt, and he said, Teacher, I said, Yes, sweetheart. He said, Your head hurts. And I said, yes, baby, it does. He said, I pray for you. I said, bring it on. Come on. Come on, baby. And I said, here's the oil. He put it on his little chubby little finger, and he touched the teacher's head, and I was instantly healed of that migraine. I didn't tell anybody I had a migraine, but the Lord told the baby, and the baby operated in his authority. Are you with me? See, it's not about age. It's what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth is what the word of God says. I love that. I had to go to that uh, little boy's mother, and I said, do you know what happened? Here's what Seth did, you know? It says that the Lord has taught babies how to praise him. Well, I also know he's taught babies how to hear him, because I, I get that. I totally see it. And see, I know if you can hear the Lord and walk in your authority for healing at three, I wonder what Seth is going to be like, you know? At the moment that that happened, I thought, boy, Lord, what have you already put into that little guy? He's powerful. It's powerful. So the thing is, is that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and the times we're living in are all about the authority you choose to walk in. Now, I am seeing, like, I'm seeing things manifest faster now. I said, why, God? He said, because I'm coming back sooner than people think. You know, I had the wonderful opportunity to minister with Billy Graham's daughter the last time she came to London. She and I shared the same platform in, um, you know, Parliament Square. And it was a great honor. And I said to her, in between us speaking, I said, hey, Anne, you know, what has your dad said to you? And this is before he passed. She said, Charlene, my dad said that Jesus is coming back sooner than people think and that the church needs to get ready because the church is not ready for what's coming. And I want to encourage you all to walk in the authority I'm talking about today because I'm not special at all. I just believe what this book says. And I'm talking hook, line, and sinker, everything that's in this book, everything in it. And I just believe it, and I say, yes, Lord, where do you want me to go? And then he says, uh, open your mouth, Shar, I'll fill it. And it's the same for any one of us. He says it in the Gospels. He says, don't worry about what's going to happen and what you need to say. I will tell you what to say. So I want to give you something else to think about. When the Lord was preparing me for, you know, how to exhort you today, he reminded me that there's three different sets of gifts in the Word. Three different sets. And in the schools I teach, I teach all 21 gifts. 
So the first set of gifts he talks about in the Word of God are in Romans 12, 6 through 8. And I've called them the foundational gifts because that's what we're all born with. We need to know what our gifts are. We need to know what they are and we need to walk in them without repentance. Meaning, without shame. Are you with me? Is everybody listening to me? Whatever your spiritual gifts are, you need to know them because it identifies who you are in Christ. And I tell you what, that first set of gifts in Romans 12, 6 through 8, I'm just going to go ahead and read it to you. In case you're not familiar with these, because it's so powerful. This is what you're born with. This is what God puts in you. And everybody has different sets of these. But typically you're operating out of two or three of these. And whatever God wants you to do and be for him spiritually will be based on two or three of these gifts. Here's what the word says. This is Romans 12. This is the first set of gifts. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, um, well, let me go back. I'm going to go back to um, verse 4 in Romans 12. It says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy, let us prophesy. So you heard some of that in here today because this church believes in these things. It says, let us prophesy in the proportion to our faith. Next, it said, or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. If you're a teacher, let you use what he's given you in teaching. If you're an exhorter, and that's just Bible speak for an encourager. If you're an encourager in exhortation or encouragement, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Okay, so that's the first seven. So I would encourage you to consider and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what of yourself have you put in me as a deposit? How would you like me to use that? Because that's part of my identity. The second set means you have a calling. So people like Dozy and myself have had to have a calling in the Lord that we've then said yes to. That second set is in Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12. So here's what this says. It says, and he himself, meaning Jesus, Jesus himself gave some people to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why, we ask? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every kind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, this second set, people always ask me, well, Shar, uh, you know, what, what does that mean? If you have a calling, what does that look like? A calling, everybody, is in two parts. Those two parts are an inner witness of God and an outward confirmation by the elders of the church. 
So when God called me to your beautiful country called the United Kingdom, I came over as a young actress. And then the prophets of God in London jumped on me and they said, young woman, do you know you're called to be a prophetic evangelist to this generation in this country? I thought, what? I just got out of uni. I haven't seen my parents for four years. And they go, well, you might spend a little time in America, but God will move you to the United Kingdom. And that is exactly what he did. The men of God, they prophesied, the British prophets prophesied, and then God manifested it, and that's why I'm here. He called me to be a minister that would have a global call and then the leaders in England and in my country of America confirmed. The prophets said the same thing. I said, oh, daddy, that must be it. Now, when he calls you into one of these fivefold gifts or the equipping gifts, he tells you first and then he confirms it outwardly. Does that make sense to you all? That is a powerful thing, and we need to know those identities. You know what somebody said to me recently? They said, 17 years ago, Charlene, you prophesied over me. And I said, I did, because I did not remember this person, okay? I did not remember them. And they sent me an email. They said, could we meet? I said, yes. And they said, I'm living the prophecy right now. And um, she was called by God to be a minister, and um, she had a walk with her dog, and uh, the Lord said, basically, why are you running? <laughs> what was prophesied over you is what I want. And she said, oh, my husband will never go for that, right? And he said, it took you long enough, you know, that kind of a thing. And so he was in total agreement with what the Lord had said, and she obeyed that, and blessing after blessing has come through that person's ministry. Now, that's what I'm talking about with calling, you know, it's something you've probably been told, and then you hope maybe it's not true. Because <laughs> people always think, if I say yes to God, what am I going to lose? But, oh, my brothers and sisters, what do you gain? You gain the world. You gain benefits that are out of this world because God blesses those that obey. And her life has been nothing but a testimony of that. So there's calling. What about the gifts of the Spirit? There are some of the things I'm talking to you about today. Here's the last set that I want to read to you about, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. I love it. The full set of the gifts of the Spirit, it's the fun stuff. I call it the demonstration gifts. These are the gifts that God uses to show off his power through us, and this is what it looks like. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says this. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we get these things by the Holy Spirit himself. He decides who's going to move in those things, you know? So when I talked to my friend Heidi Baker, she said to me one weekend in Scotland, she said, oh, uh, we were feeding hundreds of orphans in Mozambique one day, and they ran out of bolognese. 
And I said, really? And they said to her, they called her Mama Heidi. They said, hey, uh, we're running out of bolognese. What are we going to do? We have like one spoonful left. And she prayed over it, and it multiplied. God multiplied it, and it fed hundreds of children. See, we call that the gift of miracles. Now, that's normal for her because she believes everything I'm telling you about today. And it happens. It happens everywhere if we believe and we know what our gifting is. You know whether or not you've got a five-fold calling or not because whatever God is speaking out, he's going to make it happen. If you say yes to him, he's going to make it happen. So he wants us to move in these things. Jeremiah 23, 18 talks about the counsel of the Lord. See, when you're hearing these things from the Spirit for yourself, and then you have others out here prophesy over you, you need the counsel of the Lord. I don't do anything without the counsel of the Lord. We have to weigh and test these things. And see, in the times we're living in, we've got all kinds of information, don't we? Coming every day through media, propaganda, social media, it's out there and people are being inundated and we've got to have a proper testing shelf. So the counsel of the Lord is powerful. We've got to have it because he said in Psalm 31, he said, your times are in my hands. And he said, and yet I want all of my children to fulfill their ministry. So knowing our identity in Christ is key, honing your natural and supernatural gifts are key because I'm telling you, the people of the world are looking for us. I open tonight with Romans 8, talking about the sons and daughters of God, which is an authority place that we all have in him. But the world is waiting for us to move in that. Every time I stepped outside my house for exercise during the COVID lockdowns, God was sending me people in the world. I met people that work with celebrities, you know, a-list actors all the time, and they start asking me about God. They would meet me on the beach and they would say, hey, we're in the middle of shooting this, you know, big budget feature film with A-listers. And they would say, Shar, why are you so happy? And I'd say, Jesus Christ, do you know him? And we would start talking about the Lord, walking the beach, talking about Jesus. And now they're like, wow, Shar, God knew all this. These people are coming into faith because the Jesus in me is being poured out to them. And that's part of my sphere of influence because they didn't know it, but God knows it. I used to work in Hollywood. I was a producer. I had my show, so I know how to deal with those people. But tonight I'm saying to you all, what is your sphere of influence? And are you being poured out in that sphere? If you are, hallelujah. I exhort you, I encourage you, I say thank you, Jesus. But if you are holding back in any way, I encourage you to allow the Lord to pour himself out through you because you all can reach people I can't reach. But during COVID, God kept sending me characters from the stonemason in my village who got saved to the production guy who's working with some of the top A-listers in the world. And, you know, he's like, you sound like my sister. I said, then your sister must know Jesus. <laughs> he goes, you mean what my sister says is true? I said, boy, if your sister's telling you what I'm telling you, yes, it's true. We need to be there. We need to be pouring out what he says. We also need to walk in the confidence 
that God is going to give us the favor we need to reach those people around us. Because if you trust the Lord and you say, use me, Lord, he will do it. I am here to encourage you all tonight. He will do it. Within your sphere of influence, if you stay in your lane and you say, okay, my lane, Charlene, is education. You know, earlier today, one of my friends is a school teacher. She was here. That is one of her spheres of influence is education. So she is dealing with people's children. That is her sphere. I totally believe God is using her in that to pour herself out with his light, his salt in that way. But tonight, what is your sphere? What is your lane, if you will? Mine is arts and entertainment, government, and also business. Those are the spheres that God typically pours me out into. What's yours? What's your lane? And lastly, I would have you expect him to move. And I want to leave you with this thought as I close this off tonight. What is waiting for each and every one of you on the other side of your obedience in your lane? What's waiting for you? I would tell you it's nothing but adventures, adventures, total adventures. I'm watching atheists come to the Lord because we had something called a pandemic and they're looking for answers. And I just wonder who's looking for answers from the Most High God in your spheres of influence. How many of you are willing tonight to pour yourself out in your sphere of influence? You know, I'm like, this is so much fun, God. Really? This young stonemason, you know? He said, like, I got a surprise for you. I said, what's that? He's like, he uh, walked up to me and he threw a Bible down on the table in my favorite diner. And I said, is that the B-I-B-L-E? The basic instructions before leaving earth? <laughs> and, and he said, Yes. I said, and what are you doing with a book like that? I said, you know, there's power in your hands. He said, I accepted Jesus. I thought, hallelujah. Because during COVID, we were talking about Jesus. I said, you know, he made every stone that you work with every day. He goes, really? Talk to me about this God. He didn't know anything about God. He does now. You know, because I'm like, Lord, the clock is ticking. Whoever you bring across my path, get ready. <laughs> You're going to hear about the Most High God. Because he keeps saving my life over and over again. I am a walking miracle medically. There's no way I should be alive right now. The, the British guys in the NHS, they look at me every day and they just go, Shar, how did you get here? Because they look at my medical records and they think, you shouldn't even be here, you should be dead. But you know what? God has a plan. It's not just for me. It's a plan for all of you in this room that are warming a seat tonight. How many of you want more adventures in Jesus Christ? I know I do. <laughs> I'm always ready for more. I'm like, come on, God. Let's shake the earth again. Come on. This morning I talked about the flames that often are around my body. If I've been spending time with the Lord, people see me walking in a ball of fire down the streets of England and also in the Middle East. And it makes them stop because it's like the burning bush. How come your flesh isn't falling off of you? Does it hurt? See, all that's because you spend time with God and you obey. 
You go where he tells you to go and you say yes. When they ask me about the balls of fire that sometimes encase my body, I say it's the Lord, would you like to know him? And they say yes. So what is waiting for you? What is waiting for you? Because the adventures are there, folks. These are the last days. Do you know this is the most exciting time to be a believer? I wake up every day and I just say, Holy Spirit, where do you want to go? Am I going to the beach, Holy Spirit? I'll take another person from Hollywood, God. Come on, let's go, because they're going to go and die in their sins unless you and I tell them about the Master that created them. So I want to encourage you about your sphere. I want you to be thinking about what your spiritual gifts are, whether you've got a calling in the fivefold gifts of equipping the saints, and if God has tapped you on the shoulder to move in the gifts of the Spirit, because that's where all the signs and wonders are. That's the fun stuff. That is so much fun. And he gets the glory, but he wants you to have a story for his glory. Are you with me tonight? Because, see, let me leave you with this thought. This is the last thing. Revelations 12:11 says that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb that he shed for us, and the word of our testimony. It's the word of our testimony that defeats the devil every time. And he wants to use you and me continually to have stories for his glory. Okay? So hallelujah. 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 Let's be after it in Jesus' name. Okay? That is a must. <laughs>